This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. Your weight is not necessarily in your control, but the behaviors that you engage in and how you choose to take care of yourself is within your control. So I think when we shift that focus from a weight perspective to caring for ourselves, it's much more sustainable in the long term and much more supportive to our health as well. Welcome to The Tonic. I'm your host, Jamie Busson. We're here to talk about your health and wellness-related issues. On today's show, we're going to discuss Valentine's Day do's and don'ts, the top medical marijuana questions, and swapping out diets and swapping in self-care. But first, a little bit of business. Support for today's show comes from WeVibe, creators of the Couples Vibrator. WeVibe designs premium products that work with your body to enhance pleasure and intimacy for couples. Their line of vibrators is one of the world's most recognized and respected. With a team of world-class designers working closely with experts in sexuality, health, and wellness, WeVibe continues to set new industry standards for designing intimate products that work beautifully in sync with the human body. The creators of the world's number one selling couples vibrator has released their newest edition, WeVibe Sync. The sync discreetly fits between you and your partner for hands-free shared pleasure during sex, so you can enjoy your sex life only more. Sync is adjustable to fit to your body, so you'll feel the vibrations right where you want them. The sync is rechargeable, completely waterproof, and made with body-safe materials. You can pair sync to your smartphone to play together even when you're apart. The free WeConnect app adds to the fun with features like beat mode that vibes to the rhythm of your favorite music or touch mode for real-time control at your fingertips. Want to infuse more passion and connect with your partner in exciting new ways? Go to WeVibe.com. Carlisle Jansen is the founder of Good For Her, Toronto's premier sexuality shop and workshop centre in Toronto, and she's the producer of the Feminist Porn Awards. She's also the author of two books, including Sex Yourself. Watch her TEDx Toronto talk and educational videos at carlislejansen.com. You can also reach her at carlisle at goodforher.com. She's also been writing the sexual health column in Tonic Magazine for years. So with Valentine's Day approaching, we need her insights on how to celebrate the day. Welcome, Carlisle. Hello. So first off, I got to ask, because I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure you've seen it all. What is the worst Valentine's Day gift you've heard of? So a woman told me that her partner gave her the book Tickle is Pickle, which is all about pleasuring penises to her for Valentine's Day, which boggles my mind. And, you know, to me, it sounded A, like, here, this is something you can do for me as opposed right. to for you. And B, you're probably doing a lousy job. Um, so <laughs> yeah. kind of an insult on top of it all. And I thought, oh, my goodness. It's the narcissist guide to, to Valentine's Day gifts, right? Yes. Yep. Yep. So how do people go, go off the rails when they're picking Valentine's Day gifts? Like, what do, you, what do you see that you, if you could just whisper in the ear, you would correct? Well, sometimes it's either not sexy at all, like right. a kitchen appliance or... Kitchen. So, <laughs> so wait a minute. So so the cheese grater I got from my wife, I, I should get the receipt and take it back. Is that it? Probably. Okay. I mean, and 
unless it's, you know, like a really sexy set of pots and pans and your partner loves cooking and just, you know, would would so enjoy cooking and they've been pining over it for a long time, you know? And then you might put, a you know, some chocolates in the middle of the pots or something, you know? I get it. I mean, like we cook, but I, but I think if actually if we got kitchenware or exchanged like spoons yeah. for Valentine's Day, I think yeah. that might be the end of our marriage. Right. So I hear you. Yeah. But, it has to be something someone is passionate about if sure. you're going to get them that. And don't get them, you know, tickets to a play or sports event or a restaurant that's really your own favorite and not something that they really enjoy. So the Raptor tickets are out too. Okay. Well, it depends, right? Like if your partner's a Raptors fan, then that's great. But if they kind of go along to the Raptors games with you as a fun, like, okay, I'll do this with you because I know it's important to you, then that's not a great gift for them. Oh, it's like when you go to the movie, okay, this one is for you and I yeah. get to pick the next one. Yeah, yeah exactly. No, I hear you. So that's the bad gift giving. So let's talk about some good gift giving. Yeah, you want to you want to be personal. You want to pay attention to the cues that your partner's giving you, you know? And sometimes what I do actually is when I hear a cue, I write it down under my partner's file in my phone or something so that when I'm thinking like what's something I could do, I rem- I remember it. I'm like, "Oh yeah, they mentioned this thing or you know, they said this other thing was really cool." Or you know, and I might even just go out and get it right there and then. But, you know, and some people love having something bought for them. But right. a lot of people enjoy something that you infused yourself into. So one thing that was really fun that I did one year is I made a crossword. Oh, wow. Um, and it took me about an hour or a little more, but it all was like questions about places we've been or funny things that had happened or shared memories or quirky things about our relationship. And so it was fun for my partner to think about what the answers were and to fill in the crossword. That was fun. You know, a shared photo album of your favorite memories together is another fun thing because nobody prints pictures anymore. It's true. Right? So make a photo album of your favorite memories or, you know, uh, do something fun together, like do something different, like go to an escape room or go to a dance class if you've never been to a dance class or put on the music in your living room and dance together. Do something that's fun and different for you that the both of you will enjoy. These are all great ideas. Sometimes it can go off the rails, though. I used to have a humor column in another publication. Mm-hmm. And for Valentine's Day one year, I wrote a poem about my wife. Uh-huh. And some of the stuff, I wouldn't, you know, obviously it wasn't a dirty poem because right. it was published, you know, yeah. in a publication. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you can only get so personal, sure. you know, with particularly if it's, if it's a public venue. And yeah. perhaps, perhaps, I'm just saying, maybe yeah. I overstepped boundaries there and uh-huh. perhaps should not have said some things in the poem Oops. that was being published. In the, so that was the first and last time I did that. Well, if you're going to be public, poke fun at yourself, For not sure. at the other person. Okay. Right? Well, I'm, I'm good at that too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then that's great. So you're also, obviously, you know, your business, good for her. Mm -hmm. And uh, so for those of us who aren't creative... Uh, yeah. I'm sure there's some some good gift ideas that you would have. Do you want to share some of those? Yeah, I mean, you know, some people already have a drawer full of toys, and for others, it's like kind of a new foray. So you could always um, choose a toy together. You could go together to get something or get your partner a gift certificate, and you can go and shop together or get something you think your partner is going to really like that complements what they have or who they are. You can also, you know, get like an erotic movie or 
there's something that'll spice things up, like a little game. There's one that I love called um, Truth or Dare. And you pull out little cards. And what I love about it is it says things like, you know, if you were a superhero and had a sexual power, what would it be and how would you use it? You know? The oh, my kind God. Something yeah. fun, right? <laughs> yeah. And you can even use some of those things over the course of the year, right? Right. Like so often we put energy into like this one day or maybe your anniversary. And so I say to my partner, like, don't do anything for Valentine's Day. Any other day of the year is great, just not on Valentine's Day. Sometimes it's nice to surprise and to indulge all year round. I agree. You know, I, I think part of the problem with Valentine's Day is there's so much pressure. That, Absolutely. That's, that's, you know, even if you're with somebody and you've been with them for a long time. And yeah. You know, at the end of the day, like, what does it mean after X amount of years to go get a card? Right. Do you know, you know, like, yeah, make what, a card. Make a card, which we do. <laughs> um, you know, or you end up getting the funny cards. Yeah. But, you know, the, the routine, the pressure, I think, to, to sort of elevate on a day where, you know, let's face it, the weather's not so nice. So you're not, right. you're feeling blah already. Yep. And then to have to step up. The romance game because, you know, that's the day when you yeah. do it can be difficult for people. Well, and there's nothing like pressure to kill the romance <laughs> and to kill the moment. And exactly. so thinking about it ahead of time and really it's what's something personal? What's something that's going to really hit your partner in their heart as opposed to just another thing to put on the table? Right. And, and I, I know you're an advocate of sort of doing things together as opposed yeah. to necessarily getting a thing, right? Like, so, yeah. So, so what would be a, like an activity that you would recommend that you, you've heard of or that you've done that is fun? I would try, um, like I mentioned, an escape room is something yeah. different. You know, if you haven't been to the ROM, if you haven't been to the AGO, check out what's going on in town. I often go through the daily listings and see what's new and different because there's all kinds of things going on that I've never heard of before. You know, like an interesting indie film or some, you know, band that's in town you've never heard of before. So, you know, sometimes there's like talks on different things. Who knows, right? But if you look through the daily listings, you'll find new and things that you hadn't even thought that maybe you'd be interested in and propose that. Well, that's great advice. Thanks for coming in today. Absolutely a pleasure. We look forward to speaking to you next month. We've got to take a short break, but when we come back, we're going to talk about the most asked questions about medical marijuana on The Tonic. I'd like to give a shout out to our sponsor, Purica. Purica wants you to turn its protein into your power. A blend of the finest vegan protein and the antioxidant powerhouse that is the pure chaga mushrooms. Purica Power features ingredients and enzymes designed to optimize digestion and absorption. Unlike many protein powders, Purica Power tastes great with water and mixes easily. It's available in chocolate, vanilla, and natural unflavored. From the Purica family to yours, Purica Power is a new way to make the most of every day. It's all part of the Purica commitment to making a positive difference in the lifestyle of its customers. Ask your favorite health food store for Purica Power Vegan Protein or visit Purica.com. Purica. Nature. Science. You. Grow Eyes Health is one of Canada's leading cannabis education services. They work with patients and healthcare providers to provide tailored cannabis learnings to help meet their healthcare goals. At GrowWise, they believe that patients deserve access to the best treatment options to meet their therapeutic goals. This means breaking down the barriers that stand between patients and their medical cannabis by providing the education and support that Canadians have come to expect from their physician or pharmacist. Their team of nurse educators works across 14 clinics in Ontario and British Columbia. 
They have worked one-on-one with over 3,000 patients who have received a prescription for cannabis and have walked them through every aspect of their treatment plan. Patients leave feeling confident with the tools and knowledge they need to start their cannabis journey. This is The Tonic on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. Brianna Roycroft is the VP of Operations for GrowWise Health. She oversees the development, implementation, and expansion of GrowWise Health's education services. Brianna has over 10 years' experience working in the health and education sectors, both here in Canada and around the world. She's a passionate advocate for patient rights and strives to develop healthcare programming that empowers individuals with the tools and knowledge they need to advocate for themselves. Welcome. Hi, thanks for having me. So GrowWise Health isn't just filling prescriptions for medical marijuana. You're also a source of information for your patients. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. We uh, we really see ourselves as filling the role that a pharmacist typically plays in a healthcare journey. So a patient normally gets a prescription, goes to a pharmacy, and can ask those kind of questions like, you know, do I need to take it with food? What time of day? All those kind of things. But that doesn't exist right now in the current medical system for cannabis. So we're really filling that role and and helping patients kind of answer those basic questions that they need to start their treatment. Okay, so what's the number one question, the most common question you get about cannabis? Yeah, absolutely. So the vast majority of our patients are what we call cannabis naive. So they, you know, they're, <laughs> they're folks that aren't typical users. They're not going to be recreational users. Maybe they tried it in college a number of years ago. But so the big questions that we get are, do I have to smoke it? And is it going to get me high? Those are the two big ones that come in, and the answer to both of them is no. So the vast majority of our patients now are going with oil forms of treatment. Right. Um, so this is, if you think about a gel cap, an Advil gel cap or something like that, it's literally the liquid that's in there. So you get a bottle of that. You can take a couple of drops underneath your tongue, and it and it provides the same kind of cannabinoid-based medication that smoking typically would. But as healthcare providers, we really don't want to encourage people to smoke, and they don't have to anymore. Um, so oils are a, a far more discreet way and, and something that a lot of our patients are turning to these days. Are they topical as well or is it just to be ingested? So they're typically meant to be ingested but they certainly can be used topically and there are a number of compounding pharmacies that have started to create topicals so there's still a lot of research to be done on that but certainly patients with things like arthritis or other skin conditions are finding relief um, through the topical application of cannabis. So are, are the patients surprised to hear that they're not going to get a high by using the product? Yes, definitely. I think that there's a lot of misnomers out there that if you're using cannabis, uh, you're going to get high. And you know we've got a lot of prejudice out there and a lot of sort of stigma around it. Right. But there are lots of options out there for patients who don't want to feel that typical psychoactive effect that's associated with the THC in cannabis. Right. So that's one of the main cannabinoids. Uh, certainly the most kind of popular, famous cannabinoid is THC. And it does have a lot of medicinal value but it also has psychoactive effects. Um, So there are a number of products out there, particularly CBD dominant. So that's another one of the cannabinoids, uh, cannabidiol, and it provides anti-inflammatory properties. It helps with anxiety. It helps with sleep, but it doesn't have any of those psychoactive effects. Um, So patients are able to take it and go about their regular day. They can go grocery shopping, take care of their kids, and, and still get the pain relief or the sort of therapeutic relief that they're looking for without the high feeling. 
Right. Now, you represent clinics. Grow Eyes are clinics, correct? But you're not, or, or are you a licensed producer as well? So, uh, Grow Eyes, we embed ourselves in existing clinics. So, we have okay. a team of nurse educators and we work with physicians who are already prescribing uh, medical cannabis. So, okay. we work within uh, a, you know chains of pain clinics or within GP's offices or uh, fibromyalgia clinics. So, where, where there are doctors prescribing, um, our nurses step in to do the counseling uh, for them. We are, uh, we do work with a number of different licensed producers, um, and we are also the healthcare branch of Emblem Cannabis, which is one of the Health Canada uh, licensed producers. So what's the difference between a producer, a licensed producer in this mm-hmm. case, and the dispensaries that have been popping up in and around Toronto? Yeah, absolutely. And this is a question that we get all the, all the time from patients as well. Um, so the licensed producers are the only legal way to access cannabis in the country right now. So they are all Health Canada certified. They go through very rigorous testing, the standards for growing the product, for evaluating the product, those kind of things are are quite strictly regulated, which means that if anything ever goes wrong or if there's something that's found in a testing process, because everything is so closely monitored, the licensed producer or the LP can identify exactly which patients have received a lot of that contaminated cannabis. So we're able to reach out to patients, let them know. There's also a uh, public requirement to disclose if there's anything that goes wrong. So unlike the dispensaries where we don't know where their products come from, we don't know what kind of testing they're doing, um, you have no idea if what they say on the bottle is true, you can be, you can feel confident knowing when you order from a licensed producer that that product has been tested to a pharmaceutical level um, and has been approved by Health Canada all along the way. So getting back to the, the naive uh, consumers, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of information that's out there. And, you know, it's like just logging onto the internet for the first time. You just don't know where to start. So if you were going to counsel somebody who's, who's new to marijuana, pretend it's me, for example, <laughs> what would you tell me about the best way to educate myself? Yeah, absolutely. There's a, there's a lot of information out there, good and bad. Um, I think the, the best place for people to start is to talk with their family physician. Um, we're seeing a, a big shift right now towards more acceptance in the medical community. Um, but not all, not all family doctors are familiar with cannabis. Not all family doctors are comfortable with it. Um, so if that doesn't work for you, there are lots of great resources out there. The uh, Canadians for Fair Access to Medical Cannabis, uh, sorry, Medical Marijuana, or CFAM, their website is a fantastic resource for patients looking to advocate for themselves. Um, and you can always check out GrowWise Health. Uh, so that's growwisehealth.com. Um, we've got a great set of resources online for patients. Um, and we also have a list of all of the partner clinics where we work. So if you're looking for a physician who is more comfortable with cannabis, all of that information is available on our website. Well, that's very helpful. Thank you for coming in today. Thanks so much, Jamie. We've got to take a short break, but when we return, we'll discuss how to swap out diets and swap in self-care on The Tonic. Hey, everybody, I just wanted to take this opportunity to give a shout out to one of our sponsors, Purely Natural. They're fourth generation master herbalists. It's a family owned Canadian company that's been in business for over 100 years. They've been working with my company, Tonic Magazine, for over 10 years. And its principal, Joel Thuna, has been writing our fantastic preventative medicine column for over seven years. They're one of the original sponsors for the OMTO Yoga Festival. The company is certified GMP, kosher and organic. For more information about Purely Natural, please visit their website, purelynatural.com. I'd also like to thank the Benvenuto Group. The Benvenuto Group is an owner and developer of quality high-rise condominium and rental properties in Toronto and Montreal. 
The Benvenuto team is passionate about delivering quality living spaces, top lifestyle amenities, important services, and innovative design tailored specifically to its residents in every particular submarket. The Benvenuto Group seeks out the finest urban neighborhoods and designs projects to allow its residents to enjoy the benefits of both their property and the exceptional locations that they become a part of. The team surrounds itself with leading professionals and consultants and pushes them to conceive great places to live, to work, and to play. The Benvenuto Group is currently designing several new projects in Toronto, Montreal, and Chicago that will not only become exceptional places to live as an owner or as a renter, but that will deliver some of the highest levels of sustainability, energy efficiency, and comfort, and will set the standard for informed residents. For more information, please visit thebenvenuto.com. You're listening to The Tonic on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. Our next guest, Claire Legrelli, is a registered holistic nutritionist who's on a mission to empower people to food freedom. She graduated from the Canadian School of Natural Nutrition and runs her private practice in Toronto and online. Claire compassionately helps her clients rediscover their relationship with food. Her guiding principle is to start where you are. Claire's also the author of the Nourish column in Tonic Magazine. Her article in the January issue is about replacing the concept of dieting with self-care. So, Claire, welcome. Thank you. Why should our listeners ditch diets this January? Well, because for most people, they don't work. That's true. Yeah. So the majority of people who intentionally lose weight will regain that weight. And as many as two-thirds of those people will actually regain more weight than they lost. You mean if they're dieting? If they're dieting, yeah. And so if they're intentionally trying to lose weight, most likely they'll regain it back. Okay. Yeah. So if you're ditching your diet, what should you be doing? What are we going to swap in? I think that, you know, particularly around this time of year, so January especially, is yeah. that is this time where we're very much steeped in, in dieting. It becomes very normalized. And so I think for people, if they're trying to decide, if listeners are trying to decide whether or not they should diet, it's really important to remember that your weight is not necessarily in your control, but the behaviors that you engage in and how you choose to take care of yourself day to day, so how you practice self-care, is within your control. So I think when we shift that focus from a weight perspective to caring for ourselves, it's it's much more sustainable in the long term and much more supportive to our health as well. Okay, but I want to make sure, like, for example, I carried extra weight for a long time. Yeah. And, and you know, it became a health issue for me, right? I, and at some point, if you're carrying extra weight, it impacts your entire life. So, you know, when people make the decision they want to lose weight, whether they're doing it at a New Year's resolution or, or otherwise, it's a serious decision that they're making. And there may be some real health issues that they're trying to address in making that decision. You're not saying don't make that decision. You're just saying, if I understand you correctly, don't focus on how many pounds you're up or you're down. Focus on a process that's sustainable. Is that, is that what you're the exactly, gist of it? Exactly, exactly. And I think it's important to to honor that part of ourself that does want to lose weight. And what I recommend to my clients who come into my office with that desire is what I'll say to them is, okay, let's let's honor that, but let's put that focus on the back burner, and instead put our energy and focus on the behaviors and. 
encourage clients to engage in the behaviors that help them to feel better day to day. So these could be things that help you to sleep better. So you have more energy, you know, you're feeling less stressed, you're feeling happier. And when we start to feel better, we're much more motivated to continue with those those choices, those behaviors in the long term versus putting all of our energy on a number which we don't have full control over. And if we don't see these numbers shifting in the way that we want, it can be very demotivating right. and we can kind of start to go backwards and, and it, looking big picture, it's, it's not helpful for our health. When you espouse the idea of self-care, what do people get wrong about the concept? Like, What do they think it is that it isn't? Mm-hmm. Well, there's a lot, I think, of misconceptions, and it's sort of thrown around a lot as well. And I would say one that I find to be quite common that I see with my clients is that it's self-indulgent. Right. Okay. Um, So what I like to offer to my clients is that I'll say to them, you know, we can't pour out of an empty cup. So if we want to show up in our life, the best version of ourselves, if we want the people in our life to get the best of us, rest and and self-care taking time to fill our cup up is critical and so that that can sometimes help to sort of reframe this idea of self-care as being self-indulgent that we can't give we can't show up unless we take that time for ourselves so what you're saying is people assume that when you use a phrase like self-care that means everything's okay that there are no rules as long as you're happy That's the important thing, right? That's the misconception, right? Yeah, or that it's something they will get around to, perhaps, once everything else is, is, you know, finished up in their life. Right. When I like to really encourage people to start with self-care, start there and and make sure that that happens. And all you'll see this ripple out in the rest of your life, that all other areas of your life will be improved when you take care of yourself. Okay. So you say that, but how does self-care connect to nutrition, for example? How, how, do mm-hmm. it, how does that actually work? Yeah. So it's really, really hard to make mindful, nourishing decisions when you are sleep deprived, when you are stressed, or when you don't have healthy food around. Right. And so when we start to view our eating habits through a lens of self-care versus self-control, I find the process in which we change and make it happen happens with a lot more ease and a lot more enjoyment as well. But you're not speaking about semantics, right? Like self-care versus self-control. Like Manifestly, give me an example of something tangible where one is self-control and one is self-care and why they're different. I would say self-control, the authority is coming from an external place. We read somewhere, we, we heard that someone said we have to eat in a certain way. That's more control, where we're sort of abiding by this external way of eating versus, you know, What are my options available to me today? What's going to feel best in my body today? What do I need throughout the day? What do I have access to you? You know, there's all these different, more compassionate, gentle ways that we can feed ourselves. That's not so rigid. Fantastic. Well, thank you for coming in again. We're going to have you back next month. You're going to come? Of course. And we're going to discuss more ways in which self-love, self-care trumps self-control. Okay? Great. Thank you, Jamie. Fantastic. Well, thank you all for listening to The Tonic. You can download this episode as a podcast on zoomerradio.ca and thetonic.ca. 
For articles written by today's guests, Carlisle Jansen and Claire Legrelli, be sure to pick up your copy of Tonic Magazine. Tonic is available free on racks at over 200 locations across the GTA and delivered with the Globe and Mail to home subscribers in 11 choice neighborhoods in Toronto. Or you can visit our website at www.tonictoronto.com. Please join us next week on The Tonic when we'll discuss body hacks for weight loss, the coolest things to come in vertical living, and the health benefits of volunteering. Until next time, I'm Jamie Busson wishing you a happy and healthy week. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.